Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special episode of the Dodgeball Podcast. In this episode, or the series, rather, I'm interviewing board member candidates for USA Dodgeball. With me in this segment is Alfred Kwan. Alfred, how are you doing, man? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. You bet, man. Thanks for coming on and, and be willing to kind of spend a few minutes to elaborate on um, not only your your angle, I guess, or your pitch, um, but also to fill some of the questions that we received. Um, I probably shot you like 20, 25, 30 questions that I've accumulated from what I've seen in Dodgeball Family, from Typeform, and from my own post on um, the Dodgeball Podcast group page. But uh, in, the, in the interest of time, and also to make sure we don't overlap, uh, there will be a, a town hall that will cover some of these as well. Uh, we're just going to select uh, questions fielded by or sourced by Bill Fisher and uh, Stephen Decker, because I, I believe this pie feels like it'll, it'll help you um, share your vision and, and why you want to run um, as best as possible, given the time constraint that we're working on. So um, I'll just dive right into it. So the first question, um, this is all Bill Fisher's, is um, what is your elevator pitch to describe USA Dodgeball, its mission, what makes it unique to other sports? Well, dodgeball is honestly the perfect sport. It's like the perfect sport of athleticism, power, excitement slash unpredictability. It combines the creativity and improvisation of basketball, big hits of football, lacrosse, athleticism of a diving catch and ultimate frisbee or an outfield of baseball, and the improbability of the Hail Mary pass or, you know, final second trick play. And in all in a somehow incredibly inclusive sport. Um, how would you describe USA Dodgeball's mission and, and, and that piece, um, if you were to? USA Dodgeball is definitely looking to be the overarching national organization. You know, every major sport um, in the world has its, you know, in, in each country has its uh, representative national organization. So USA Dodgeball is working to be the unifying force to not only help um, bring everything together, but also to help with growth across the country at every level, both, um, you know, ideally what's going to be the professional level down to the youth development level and everything in between. And I definitely want to be a part of helping that uh, vision become recognized and, and grow as well. Okay, moving on to uh, question two, and I'll, just, I'll read the whole thing because it's a two-parter. Um, what does the success of the organization and the sport look like in four years, and how do you measure it? What are the incremental goals you have to provide that path to success, and what are the biggest blockers to those goals, and how do you seek to address them? So actually, you know, it's a four-parter. So start with part one. Um, what does the success of the organization look like in four years? So to me, the way I measure or would measure success is through growth, both locally and nationally. Uh, we have the the Premier Series, as well as growth in the youth development um, section, uh, as well as, um, um, you know, we're Team USA. But, you know, as far as how we achieve that growth, it's going to have to start small. You know, we are, as I, I said in my, my little pitch, is essentially we're in a growing or re rebuilding phase, you know, with a big hit that we took. In, in numbers across the board throughout the country uh, since 2019, um, we are in an interesting position where not only do we need to regrow our numbers to match what we're, where we were in 2019-2020, but um, we have a responsibility now to help 
shape and build the future of the sport because if we continue down the path we are now uh we're essentially going to fizzle out you know more and more people are are reaching the age of retirement whether that age is through actual age or whether it's through um their you know either loss of interest in the sport or injuries or or family or what have you so uh the the real important building block for the future and again the way I would measure growth is through um, through our youth development, as well as um, all of the other phases um, between our youth and um, adults. So, you know, collegiate, intercollegiate play comes into that category as well. Building uh, our intercollegiate uh, base as well, and um, and then just growing at every level from there. Do you want to elaborate on some incremental goals, or do you feel like? that covers that piece? Well, incrementally, I mean, everything has to start small, right? We don't have a well-established youth uh, development, or we don't have any sort of uh, youth development established in this country, certainly not the way uh, that other countries like uh, TV does or Great Britain does. Um, as far as youth development, you know, it's going to have to be a small grassroots endeavor. We're going to have to most likely pick certain locations to start those sorts of things. Those would be sort of our prototypical or, or our, our, um, our sort of um, areas that we can fashion our growth from and then help facilitate, facilitate growth in other cities from there. So essentially picking locations that are in cities that already have a strong rectory presence with strong membership who would actually be interested in volunteering their time. Uh, you know, since we're essentially starting from scratch as far as youth development is, is, um, uh, pertains, it, it would be something that we have to, um, recruit volunteers, both current and former players looking to help out. You know, and ideally with former players, potentially those that are parents, uh, it would hopefully be, um, it would be great. They could, you know, we could have parents who are actually interested in helping bring their own children up into the sport within their own communities. So the way I've personally had success with helping build um, build uh, interest in and build a dodgeball community um, is through involvement with uh, local community centers, YMCAs. So it's, you know, it's one thing to say, well, we need to get involved with schools. We need to get involved with um, um, getting kids involved. You know, it's, it's really... From there, though, difficult to say specifically because you can't really just say, okay, well, we need to reach out to schools because there's so many schools in so many cities. Now, if you're talking about an easier way to address a more localized um, community, that's a great place to start are the local community centers, rec centers, YMCAs. And so I found great success working with local YMCAs in the past as they're typically always looking to add more activities to their schedule. So it's a great place to start because they already have this established membership of children and families who go after school for sports and activities and they have their summer camps established. And so if you approach these already established um, organizations in approaching the manner of, well, we're coming to you to provide you a service for free. It's a very win-win situation for them. So they're typically um, going to be more open to, uh, to adding dodgeball to, to working with with us and to then 
help bring it into the community and help help foster it and help build it up that way. Of course, if you get kids interested that way, you build interest that way, that's certainly a great place to start. Um, from there, then, of course, it is always good to reach out to other countries and other organizations that do have well-established uh, youth development programs and even sort of collaborate with them to get ideas on what other things they've been doing as well and see if we can potentially get some pitch uh, from them as well. Nice. You had mentioned, um, you know, we're losing a lot of players due to age, uh, injuries, loss, loss of interest, um, you know, life happening. Um, I kind of want to expand upon that by asking the last part of this question, and that is, what are the biggest blockers to these goals, and how do you seek to address them? Like you kind of mentioned starting with the youth, but um, did you want to elaborate on on that at all? As far as how to, could you? I'm sorry, could you? So I'll repeat that question. Sure. Uh, do you want to identify any other blockers that you would see um, hindering your ability to achieve these goals or achieve this growth? Because you had mentioned, you know, one of those is retention. You know, we're losing a lot of older players. So the fix to that would be recruiting young younger players to eventually replace us. But do you see any other blockers that you'd like to address and how you would uh, work past those? Well, I feel like the biggest concern that people might have is um, transitioning people from one sort of playing style, whether it's their local rec league, their local rec community, or the NCDA, and then having them then transition to playing in the USA Doctoral Premier Series. Um, that sort of transition, or the, almost filtering of players into USA Dodgeball is certainly one of the um, probably more difficult um, avenues to, to start having people play, um, whether it's through a lack of interest because they're not interested in the, what's a, what type of dodgeball is available with USA Dodgeball, or whether it's potential intimidation or, or inability to, to field competitive or teams that they feel would be competitive enough to play in the USA Dodgeball Premier Series. Um, that certainly seems to be one of the biggest roadblocks for, for growth as far as through USA Dodgeball. So um, that, of course, is where things like for the rec league side, build it, continuing to build up local communities to help improve or continue uh, growth in a specific, say, city um, and allowing you know, with, with increased numbers, ideally come better players to the point where everyone can improve together as a community. I've seen it, you know, in New York, I've seen it in Ohio, I've seen it here in Denver, where um, you get a, enough people involved who are all as like-minded and obsessed with the sport. They become interested in playing together, practicing together, and they improve together as a community. And so through that, then come an increased number of players who have been would be more interested in transitioning to to USA Premier. On top of that, having people sort of champion these new players and show them the ropes and, and show them, well, it's maybe not as intimidating to get into USA Premier as you might think. That certainly um, is a great way to help foster new growth and, and membership into USA Dodgeball. From the collegiate side, though, um, I am very interested in 
working with the NCBA, but I'm also interested in continued growth um, potentially outside of the NCBA or, or at least parallel to the NCBA. You know, um, for instance, the NCBA can you know talk or discuss about how many colleges or universities are are members in of the NCBA, which is fantastic. But if you compare it to the total number of university schools across the country, it's really a minuscule amount in comparison. So there really is or are so many more uh, avenues that can be um, traveled as far as um, finding more interest in students. And a great way to go about that route is to see what type of um, intramurals, for instance, are already established in colleges around the country. And typically, intramural dodgeball is going to be played with foam. So that's certainly one potential avenue. I'm not saying that it has, absolutely has to be pigeonholed to foam specifically, but that could certainly be a good parallel to have um, uh, more interest uh, drummed up from the collegiate level. Um, you know, having 20, 30, 40 school members in the NCDA is, is one thing, but if potentially if, you could, if we could continue growth um, across the board, not just in, you know, maybe five major states, but across the country, uh, that would certainly uh, help provide more players who potentially, again, playing something like foam could then transition better to uh, playing in USA Premier. On the flip side, of course, we would have to discuss with um, board members of the NCBA and see what sort of uh, tournaments we could provide to USA Dodgeball that might pique their interest more and, and help make that transition more um, appealing for collegiate or for NCBA players to start playing the USA Premier as well. Yeah, and I'm not saying this because Felix is listening, but I feel like the NCBA is a, is a huge um, opportunity and um, looking at their model, their recruitment, focusing on the college ages, I mean, it just shows, like, not even counting intramural sports, what's what's out there in terms of, uh, you know, untapped potential, but I feel like they're a really good model to follow. So for me, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, you definitely want to work with and cultivate and appreciate what we have already. And that is all the hard work that all the people in the NCDA have already done to get the organizations where it is now. But we also don't want to pigeonhole or, you know, ignore any other potential avenues that could be, um, you know, a minefield for, or not a gold mine for, uh, for growth uh, with potentially other ball types, you know, Smaller teams, especially, make for easier uh, formation of, of clubs um, at a university. You know, instead of having to field a team of 12 or more just to be able to gain entry into an NCAA tournament, potentially, you know, having teams like they do in in, in England uh, for a six-person team, you know, potentially could make it a bit easier. In addition to that, too. I am also interested in opening discussions again with, I keep, I keep bringing up GB, um, but they have a strong national collegiate sports system, you know, already. So I'd be interested to see what they've done to become an officially recognized sport in, at the collegiate level, certainly, uh, in England. So England has, uh, Bucks, you know, the British University and Colleges Sport. It's their national collegiate sports governing body. I suppose it's sort of akin to the NCAA here. In the States and dodgeball in England is recognized as an official collegiate sport. So um, across the board, it, it, it's becoming just from that alone, it's becoming 
uh, more or certainly easier for, for universities to build their programs because it's already being recognized at the collegiate level as an official sport. Uh, whereas here in the U.S., generally it's just seen as um, a club sport or even just an intramural sport. Uh, so it just doesn't have that same sort of official recognition. And certainly trying to move in that direction could be a good start. Again, it would be good to help um, discuss with other other people to see uh, what they've done to to help facilitate that growth in their countries and see if we can do something similar here in the States. So, you know, obviously, again, much larger on a scale on our end with the United States, but certainly some an avenue that's uh, that's worth uh, looking into as well. Just pretty much taking a look at the programs and organizations that obviously have something good going, seeing how we could bring that over here, maybe expand upon it, improve it, alter it to our so it's our own, basically not reinventing the wheel, so to speak. Right. Yeah, definitely not reinventing the wheel, but certainly helping um, uh, helps to to see what else has, has been done, see what you know other people are has worked for them, what hasn't worked for them, and kind of help learn, uh, help us learn from their uh, what they've already accomplished. Gotcha. Um, gonna jump around to some of Bill's other questions. Um. One question he has is, how do you plan on improving USA Dodgeball such that others could do the same thing without having to be on the board in the future or such that someone doesn't seek to work around you instead? So it seems like that's more towards like empowering others to not wait to be, um, you know, carrying a title or in a position of authority to, to you know, help grow the community. So how would you All right, that? so helping improve USA Dodgeball without being an actual board member. Uh, I mean, the first thing is just to help get people excited about building up dodgeball in their own communities. I mean, on, honestly, it's a win-win for them, for people. You know, by building up dodgeball in your specific community, it helps allow you to play dodgeball regularly. <laughs> Don't we all want to be able to play dodgeball on a re- regularly on, on a regular basis? Um, certainly, it, in addition to that, the more you get to play, the more people become interested in your local area who play, then you that's how you help. That's how you find more talent in your area, which can then help create more teams locally. Again, potentially help build for something to allow you then to, to take teams to represent your city um, in, say, the USA Dodgeball Premier Series. This is, you know, certainly something that that I've I've done here in Denver, um, and it's really gotten the entire dodgeball community here. Uh, seemingly very excited to, to continue to improve and grow, and, and it really has has continued to do those. Um, so, in addition to that, the simple task of creating dodgeball leagues locally may be daunting for a lot of people, and so it would be helpful to have established guidance on things like who to contact, how to establish connections, or you know even get court reservations, how to go about advertising, how to build membership, things like that, having it already established to then help with people who are interested in building up their local dodgeball community. Because it honestly only takes one motivated, interested person to build dodgeball in a single community. I mean, for instance, I, that's what I did in Southwest Ohio. Uh, there are people doing it all over. You know, we're seeing Leagues grow out of uh, Connecticut. Sean McMahon's formed his nutmeg league out of Philadelphia. Harry Hall down in Atlanta has 
is building his own dodgeball community down there. So, you know, it really just takes one, it doesn't take necessarily an entire team just to get something going. But, you know, you get that one person who's motivated, interesting, give them some guidance to make it easier for them to do. And then that spark builds flame. You, you build a community from them. Nice. Um, you mentioned a couple of contributions to the sport. Um, what else have you, or what would you say is your biggest contribution to the sport off the court uh, to date? Uh, something what I just kind of touched on, you know, helping establish local leagues uh, in an area that had absolutely zero dodgeball, um, being able to then build uh, a local league that has, you know, wonderfully continued through the pandemic, even, even without me ever, even after I left the area it's they're still playing on a weekly basis so it's it's great to see that and see them continue to grow and thrive um and then for my current location it's it's been very exciting helping build uh a competitive scene more, more locally here um establishing practices regularly and getting people interested in traveling for tournaments and, and practicing strategy and even watching film and just growing as a whole um, you know, my contributions outside of being on the court are still very much part of the community and, and involved with growth um, and, and then ideally building something that will continue to persist and grow well after I'm gone or retired or, or, or what have you. Well, awesome. Well, let's go ahead and move to uh, some of Decker's questions, um, kind of reviewing them and listen to your answers it sounds like you already addressed some of them like he asked what have you done to grow the sport of dodgeball you kind of cover that so i do want to ask though um why are you the best person for the executive board position so this is something i posted something similar to this on my actual facebook page but honestly this is my 20th year playing dodgeball and i've been involved in the sport at every level from the pure chaos at the start back in 2003 uh, I was involved in the inception of the NCBA. I've been in rec, part of rec leagues around the country, formed a new rec league of my own in Southwest Ohio, played competitively in elite USA dodgeball, played and coached at the international level. You know, this level of experience and time involved in the sport has provided me a great deal of insight into what works, what doesn't work for the sport, and in what direction the sport should continue to grow. Professionally, um, I mean, I own and operate my own medical practice. I have several wonderful staff members, and I've been able to balance the responsibilities of being a business owner and a doctor along with my personal life and interests. I've been able to continue playing dodgeball across around the country regularly. I play, I play or I have played in all four regions um, relatively extensively and uh, have uh, been able to, to balance all of this. So, Having this uh, level of organization, skill, and insight and knowledge uh, certainly helps make me uh, more than qualified, I believe, to be uh, an executive board member for USA Dodgeball. Nice. Um, going to shift topics uh, to, I guess, what I would consider a hot topic right now based on what I've seen. And um, I want to thank Daniel Robertson for submitting this twice, once into the type form. Um, and then when it didn't take, he posted it on the on the group and then again, the type form. So thanks, Daniel, if you're listening, for being patient with me. But um, he asks, what is your plan to deal with toxic behavior? Uh, to many, it is the single largest deterrent from engaging with the competitive form. How will you protect the 
the organization from toxic players who have historically gotten a pass because they are good or because they are a part of a clique of other established players. So definitely a multi-part question, um, but let's start with the, I guess the first part is um, how would you address toxicity in the sports? Well, this is something that would have to be identified and defined for starters. And this is a task that shouldn't be on the shoulders of one single person or even, you know, two or three people having an actual disciplinary board established is, is a great way to start addressing this sort of an issue. Uh, and on top of that, complete transparency with this executive or sorry, this disciplinary board is, is vital, not just for the protection of the board, but for um, just outright knowledge for the community to make sure that they know that something is being done and that it's being done in the correct manner. It's not just that there are personal vendettas or that there's any sort of um, uh, just, you know, specific people taking over and, you know, working in the shadows to, to, to um, essentially uh, facilitate or, or, or have their own agenda. So that's certainly the first place that I would start would be establishing and, and, um, and running an actual uh, disciplinary board that is, is, again, completely transparent with their decisions and their actions. Nice. And that, that definitely, unless you want to add upon it, that, that does kind of answer the how would you protect the organization from players who have historically gotten a pass. Like, um, not trying to put Daniel on the spot, that, that does kind of assume this happens. But if you have a external board that has set rules or, or committee, I feel like that kind of gets rid of that piece. Um, I don't know if you agree or if you want to expand upon that, if you're, if you're good with your answer. Right. I mean, every, every sport, again, um, at the highest level, they have their own ethics or disciplinary board or, or some sort of, um, sort of third party, uh, that has, makes these rulings and they take in the information, they take in the facts and, Certainly, the the most neutral way and most professional way to address these things are again to be wide open about it. And then, of course, with final rulings, I I see no reason, um, not again not for drama's sake or not for anything um, of that nature, but to actually again be fully transparent. This is something that I I don't see any issue with making public and. And um, letting, if anything, it helps establish the presence of what is considered or deemed acceptable um, throughout the USA dodgeball, certainly at the highest level of the sport. Um, and then, of course, uh, letting people know uh, again that no, none of these decisions are being made in jest or, or light, taken lightly, or, or certainly not at a personal level that, that these are taking being taken seriously and and addressed professionally. Gotcha. Okay, so before we, we wrap up, I, I kinda wanna go back up to um one of Bill's questions. Um and that is uh and I'll read the whole thing again. And that's his last one I think. It's what aspects of the community do you know the least about? Example topics, the current players of the NCDA who have never played in the USA event and their outlook on their future in the sports. The issues faced by players who want to start a league in a city without a player base, the families of players, and the relationship to the sport. How does uh, DEI at the local level impact it on the national level? Um, 
So starting with that, um, how, how would you like to address that question? You know, it, it's always difficult to know what you don't know. You know, this is why it's always important to surround yourself with people who are smarter than you. And honestly, I do that all the time. Um, this is where reaching out to and working with others who already have knowledge or experience can, you know, reap benefits for you. It's just, it's, it's something you don't necessarily want to muscle your way through or be arrogant about and think, oh, well, I got this. I'm, I'm smart. I can do it. So again, it, this is where bringing in other people who have experience can help you. Uh, people who have already been doing this, whether it's with the NCDA, of course, it's working with the board members of the NCDA to see what they've established, what they have seen in their experience. Because these, you know, these aren't kids running the NCDA. These are adults who uh, who have very respectful uh, um, ideas and experience and so working with them, for instance, to see what's worked for them, what hasn't worked, and then see if that might even open up other avenues to help, again, build uh, the community. Uh, whereas um, other areas where I might not have as much expertise, um, certainly it's always great to, to, to talk with others. You know, other, for instance, uh, league uh, leaders and other um, people who, who are helping facilitate growth in their communities that I might not know about. It's, it's always great to work with these people to see what sort of uh, ideas they have and how that can help us as a whole. Nice. Awesome. Well, I've been, um, throughout all these interviews, I've, I've been holding my tongue just because it's, it's so easy to snap back into conversation mode and not what feels like a job interview. <laughs> so with that being said, um, how how would you like to wrap this up? Are there any like closing, I don't want to say arguments, closing thoughts or anything you would like to leave us with before we sign off? I mean, overall, I'm excited. I could talk dodgeball nonstop. And, you know, as, as you and I were just talking about, it's it's one of these things for me personally. You know, the more I talk about it with, with other people, the more I, I get other people's um, viewpoints or, or their ideas that might differ from mine. It It really does help open my mind up to know where the where dodgeball can grow where it needs to uh, where it needs help with growth where what other things that need to be addressed so for me i'm very excited at the opportunity to to work with the usa dodgeball and to help um help facilitate growth both locally and you know internationally both at the rec level to the competitive level to the international level it it, it this is just a very exciting time, very exciting opportunity, and um, I, I'm really looking forward to um, doing what I'm able to uh, to help uh, be a part of that uh, positive growth. Awesome. Awesome, Alfred. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for everything you've contributed to the, the community. And um, <laughs> yeah, I think, again, before I go off into another half hour, we'll, we'll leave it at that. Absolutely. <laughs>